Josh Welcome to the Craft Beer Cast. Josh likes I'm to Josh. party. That's Jeff. Josh likes to party. What's up? Yeah. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Ah, you know, doing good. I doing good. I all right. Wells, how you Wells? doing? Doing pretty good, man. Right. Just sent you some feet pics. That's not a euphemism for anything. Why are you sending me <laughs> anything? You enjoy those feet pics. Ugh. What? I know. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Jeff isn't on Instagram as much. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so do I do I do I No you don't. Do I look like Better Call Saul? No, not really. Um, because my brain is having that moment right now where I can't think of what's his name? Bob Odenkirk. Bob, yeah. Do I look like Bob Odenkirk to you? I'm like, you do not at all, actually. Okay. At all. You know what I'm getting at, right? No. He got some shit because he was he had either followed or liked some random fetish page of feet. Ah, so he's a Quentin Tarantino connoisseur. So, uh, as promised, I'll talk about the Triple C 10-year anniversary party. Heck yeah. We can't believe that it's been 10 years, man. This is how how much of a mindfuck that was. So, Jeff, do you remember the last one we went to? The anniversary party? Yeah. Uh How many years ago was that? Yeah. How how many do you think? Uh, It feels like three years. Five. Uh-uh. Yes, with it with the like Uber rating and everything that yes. was five years ago. That was a f- that was five wow. years ago because Ryan and I had that exact conversation of right. I remember the last one and yeah, and we were just tearing it up. We were having loads of fun. We were going all over the place. Like next door wasn't open. Like this was but it, a, no no next door had just opened. Right this time it wasn't like this was a totally different event. Because you remember the tokens and everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. None of that. And they had like time. 300 beers on tap. None of that this time. Interesting. This was a very kind of chill, like to Josh, this was perfect, right? Oh, well, yeah, I bet. This was I very bet. chill, very quiet, very low key. See, to me, that's weird that they've been in business for 10 years and that point was, was halfway between now and like, I literally remember being at a Duckworth's. And I guess it was 10 years ago. And there were these guys kind of walking around. They're like, oh, hey, we're from this new brewery in town. We'd love for you to try our smoked amber. And we're, we're like handing out samples. It was fantastic. Yeah. But like time doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't. It can't. And there's no way that was five years. It was. It was five years ago because that was one of my questions. Like when we first rolled up in our Uber, I like kind of looked across the street, like expecting to... To see something set up over there, the the gate was closed, and I'm like, all right, so all the cool little pop-up shops and everything they had last time aren't even there. Well, that's weird. It's and weird the, because I'm now measuring this in terms of the t-shirt that I bought, and I'm uh-huh. like, that t-shirt's in really good shape for being five years old. Right? I know. I've, I've got one, too. Uh, the band was set up, actually, away from everybody this time. Like, you know how their parking lot is set up, and they were kind of set up at the end of the parking lot, so... You could sit on the main patio and not have to yell at each other, which was a fantastic thing. Um, and, and yeah, really just to kind of talk about the fact that there wasn't a bunch of crazy weird beers on tap this time. It was yeah the 10 year or the decade. Uh, then they basically had pretty much everything else that they normally have. They made a couple of like they made fanny pack. Um, fanny pack snacks. Yeah, not my thing. Uh, wasn't a fan of it, but it wasn't terrible. Um, of course, they had their fest and their octo uh, or their Mertzen or Mertzen, as Chris would call it. So their fest beer, fantastic, absolutely amazing. Uh, then they had 
trying to think of what else really kind of stood out besides the old normals, like, you know, right. Baby Maker and yeah. Golden Boy and 3C and all that stuff. But it was just, it was weird because, like I said, it wasn't, it was very low key. Right. That was kind of the nice thing about it. Uh, it wasn't this big, crazy festival. Uh, we basically sat at a table and kind of hung out and just drank beers most of the day. And like, by the time four o'clock rolled around, I was hungry. I was tired. Uh, you know, been in, been in social. Josh had been out for too long at that point. It's kind of like when you're recovering from a chest cold and it's like, I haven't really done a lot, but I'm exhausted. Yes. Yeah, like, I came home, immediately took a nap. Existence is pain, Jerry. Yes, it is. Came home, immediately took a nap. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, kind of what I wanted, right? Like, a very uneventful, very chill, very just quiet time. I love the fact that, especially for you, Josh, that you can go to an anniversary party and, you know, it is... It, on one hand, almost an, an entire encapsulation of who Triple C is. Yes. But also something that absolutely fits for kind of your personal needs. Yes. Not, I'm not making fun of you, but I'm just laughing in your direction. But like, it also kind of makes sense because five years ago, I felt like Triple C very much was, I don't want to say very much, Triple C was kind of teetering into that like trying to please everybody yes. with all of these crazy styles and now they've kind of gotten back into like, you know what? This is what we're good at. Yep. And we're going to make it really well. Yep. And it's not going to be all the crazy stuff. Now, that being said, I would not turn away some Pineapple 3C. But, yeah, you know, so yeah. be it. Yeah, there, there, there was a couple of things that were, were missing that were kind of a bummer. But then again, at the same time, like you said, it is. But we now know what we're doing. We right. are not. We're. Not casting this wide net to try to get everybody. In. Yes, we are. We're focused in on what we know we can knock out of the park. Yeah, and and you know I think that's part of just kind of getting getting mature and confident enough in your own product that you can just say this is who we are and this is what we want to do. And I, I applaud yeah. them for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the reasons I love Triple C. Like they they just you know in Birdsong and Noda and you know, especially the OGs like. Once they figured themselves out, they started doing really well. Yep. Now, you still have to innovate a little bit. Otherwise, you get stale, and then nobody wants to go anymore. Right, exactly. Unless they're just, you know, two blocks away. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, that's... And it's funny, because I was looking through the beers... Because, you know, I know it's only September, but one of the things that is starting to already creep in my mind is top 10 for the year. And I started looking at the breweries that I've brought on the most this year, it's been triple C and new Anthem and new Anthem. So much. Yeah. New I know, I know, I know so much. New we'll Anthem. pretend like that one didn't happen, but tri- how can we, it's literally 22% of all the beers that we've had this year. I know I'm, I'm maybe I'm, not literally. I, I'm stopping that exaggeratively. Yes, I am stopping that, but it is kind of, you know, uh, amazing to me that like that brewery that I had written off years ago because they were that smoked amber place. That's all I knew him as. Right. And, and it, well, and it was like the smoked amber, and then they had like three pale ales, none of which were terribly exciting. Right. Some of which they still have on tap, but that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> I will argue 3C is improved. Oh, no. Well, 3C now is an IPA. Well, yes. Like, remember that whole year where they won a medal for, in the pale ale category for 3C, and we're all like, um, um, that's your IPA. Or right? was it the other way around? They won IPA for. 
No, it was yep. it was in the pale ale category. Yeah, with the rapier. Yeah, funny, isn't it? Yeah. But again, that was that was probably eight years ago at this point. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, met some new, not new, but they have been listeners of the show for a while. So that was kind of cool meeting people. Like, who'd you meet? Didn't even say like, hey, Josh is going to be. I dude, I was. I'm not going to lie. I was white girl wasted by the time we left. So yeah, I've, I, I've been around that. Were you hugging? Did you give people hugs? Only the people I knew this time. Who did you give people hugs? Just Ryan, actually. Okay. Everybody else just got fist, fist bumps. bumps. Yep. Yeah, I so, heard, heard you ran into some people I know. I did. So who did you meet? Come on, let's hear it. Honestly, Do you remember names? No, yeah, I don't about at right. all. I have a text message in my phone from somebody who we talked about off mic that knows my name. I don't know his. That's hmm? loads of fun. Awkward. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's when, when you have a wife that is social and you have kind of slunk away to get away from people. Yeah, that's how that happens. Meanwhile, how sad it is that listeners of the show are like, hey, there's some like creepy looking dude kind of skulking in the corner. I wonder if that's Josh. Probably. probably. <laughs> it probably is. Uh, Wells, we've got some yep. beer releases that are going on. Uh, uh, yeah. Firestone's putting a Beer in a can? In a can. What Yellow. is happening? So I get really... Dogs ex- and cats living together. I get really excited whenever I see any bottled Firestone Walker. Like, you you see those, like... The cardboard they, box. Yeah, the cardboard box, a little 12 They've gotten smaller. I yeah, miss the sure. bombers, but... Yeah, I, I don't, because I can solo one of these if I want to. I can... Uh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Parabola... I love Parabola two pieces. It is a wonderful barrel aged beer. Um, so they have a, a junior version that uh, in cans now called Parabolita. Uh, I'm, is that like a limerita? I'm I'm super pumped for this. There's no, no margarita. There's no tequila in it. You okay. cannot sue. Well, I was about to say. Remember they did those stupid like faux cocktail beers. <laughs> so this they is still a Parabola do. with margarita nonsense in it. No. So basically, it's parabola that's been blended with velvet merkin. Hello, okay. all, right. all right, all right. So it's sixteen ounce cans, um, but rather than like a big thirteen percenter, it's like an eight. And I could not be any more excited about this if I tried it. Yeah, I, I like this uh, salted caramel. Yep. Yeah, okay. I'm 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 definitely interested in that. Yeah, and I know specifically who in town we can go to get this beer. Make it happen. Yeah. Make it so. Make it so. Yeah, I, I definitely have my eyes out for this one. So, Parabolita, super excited. Pike cans. Very fun. Firestone Walker. Amen. Uh, things that we cannot get around town, but damn if I'm not excited about this one, too. Dogfish Head. Uh, we've had Worldwide Stout on the show a number of times. Yep. Um, well, I, they're doing a coffee variant now. Oh, I, mm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah. Well, well so I'm torn. Continue, and I'll, I'll give my complaints in a second. I mean, it's it's a breakfast stout version variant. Well, it's got maple syrup and coffee, and I mean, look, I dogfish even after the Sam buyout and and. And we had the utopia barrel aged worldwide stout that we were all kind of meh on. 
But but this one like hurt me again. Like let's just go. I I really want a breakfast stout variant of um, worldwide stout. So I'm gonna have my eyes open on this one. Well, I'm pretty sure if Jeff is going back up to Indiana for Christmas this year. Uh, or when he goes back in March, depending on when this is released, you'll probably easily be able to find it because, well, because um, it'll be stupid expensive. It'll like be the- stupid expensive, and after that Utopius one, I, maybe this is me. I kind of lost faith in them with so, this beer. So I, I feel like our problem with Utopius was that it didn't do enough to advance the idea of worldwide stout, especially not to command the price. Now, when they did their vanilla oak aged worldwide stout. We all agreed that one was really good. Yes. The OG is still kind of, you know, the gold standard for Worldwide Stout. Yeah. The reason I kind of was nervous about this one is what's one of the things that most people like to do with Worldwide Stout? They like to put it in their cabinet and leave them for oh, years. Good point. Good point. I oh, don't. The, the coffee's going to fuck up. Oh, yeah. the coffee's. And, and I'm already nervous. What happens when I spend. What's probably going to end up being like sixteen to twenty dollars for a twelve ounce bottle, and the coffee's already turned green on me. I'm going to be pissed. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say because I I do remember, and this is this will tell you how long ago it was. I bought a six pack of Worldwide Stout, not a four pack, a six pack. That's been a while of Worldwide Stout, and that was a hundred and ten bucks for yeah. a six pack of it. Yeah, and I I would be furious if. I spent that much money on a six-pack of beer, and that coffee was green. <coughs> well, there's a high likelihood of this coming to South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's somewhere between 15 and 17 ABV, um, which they have a higher alcohol limit in South Carolina yep. than we do in North Carolina of 17%. So I don't know if this will hit distro, if I will be able to just, like, Scoop down, like swoop down a couple miles and buy it. Or oh yeah, I mean, I'm looking out for this. I I am always interested in it, and I do think it's cool that despite you know Sam owning them now, that they still have the agency to be able to make some of this stuff. I just hope they don't fuck it up. Yeah, dear Doctor Shed, please don't fuck this up. Sincerely, me. Okay, I just I, I feel like what's going to happen is when I do find this, it's going to be six months old, and I'm going to yep. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to stare at it. Yep, and I'm going to end up buying one bottle for the show. So if we haven't already had it, and it's it may be a live grenade, it may be a dud. Yep. So cold IPA. I'm uh, drinking one right now. You are. That is out of date. It has been out of date for a long time. And there is an intentional reason why I brought it on the show. Okay. Still not bad. Shit. No, it's not terrible. Tasty. Uh, but this kind of explains what a cold IPA is. So, Wells, since this is a thousand-page article. Yeah, this get- is a long read. Come check out the uh, the notes, either um, your podcatcher of choice, if you see it there, uh, craftbeercast.com. Uh, also, I post all the links and notes and all that kind of stuff on patreon.com slash craftbeercast. Oh, and nice. while you're there reading it, maybe you just go ahead and sign up to support us. You know, like, yeah. uh, just maybe. Just maybe. Just a dollar. We, we're a just, dollar. we're curating news for you in a lot of ways. And you can read this and then kind of understand what we're talking about. Because to Wells' point, he, po- he sent this to the three of us. We were just like, 
that's a lot of words. But so I read me. most of it. So but. help me, yeah. Before my eyes glazed over, like, and, and I'm joking about that part. But like, seriously, like, there's a ton of fantastic info in this. Yeah, it is a wealth of information. Any single question that I've ever had about what the hell is a cold IPA? What is the difference? Like, what sets it apart from a West Coast IPA? What sets it apart from an India Pale Lager? Yeah, so let's run with that one first. Yes. So that is question number one in my mind. Of we always kind of saw these as just an IPL replacement. Are they? No. Why not? Um. Well, treatment. Uh, okay. For starters, um. So this, well, and it's also a, a malt bill, uh, thing. So, for starters, you're looking at twenty percent. Of your grain bill should be rice because that helps dry everything out. Mm -hmm. Um, And the rest of the malt should be just plain ass Pilsner malt. We're not looking for any crystal malt, whatever. I mean, this gets into like homebrew recipe level granularity. Um, And firm temps and yeast strains. Fermentation tips. Yeah, but especially yeast strains. So rather than going through an extensive lagering process like you would with an IPL. Um, the cold IPA does use a lager strain and it recommends one of three different strains with one being the like most recommended, but it's fermented at ale temperatures. Um, you're looking for a clean malt bill. Like this should not have any yeast notes. This should not have much in the way of, uh, malt notes either. This should be a dry, finishing, very light-bodied beer. Um, but then you get into the hops. And I, I don't know, like, I love learning things. And whenever I see, like, some sort of article that really just explains, like, answers every single question that I never even knew I had about right. a style, man, like, I just get really excited. <laughs> Well, no, and I and I was the same way. Like I read through this most of this article. Actually, I did read through all of it, but you know the it's the, been a while. The few highlights that I took is number one, it broke the myth for me that this is just IPL all over again. Yep, because I really thought it was. I'm like, you're just making IPLs again, and I feel like we even were turning our nose up at cold IPAs for a while. We were because of that, y'all, y'all might. Well, I, I was. Oh, that's right. I'm Wells. I like everything all the time. I don't like everything all the time, but you do have a higher buyer buying percentage than Jeff and I do. I do have a higher buyer buying percentage. And that's because I bring things onto the show that I like, whereas you guys like to bring things on that you hate. No. Yes. It's I right. like to challenge. Right. I like to bring things on that challenge. I don't the feel palette. like I, I don't. I don't feel like you can say that my lower buy rate has as much to do with what I bring on as it is what to do with you bring on. Because most of my stuff, I tend to be a little courteous I, to. I am the wild card of the bunch because I literally will bring. Oh, stuff my name on. is Josh, and I'm super wild. Want I to will say my tits. I will bring stuff on. I'll give your balls a tug. <laughs> that will intentionally try to challenge you guys sometimes. Because I think it's fun. Because what it, it's no fun if we all just buy beers all the time, right? It ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Right, exactly. Um, I am still... The jury is still out for me overall on cold IPAs. Period. End of story. Uh, there's a very specific reason when I saw this article pop up that I bought the mix pack that contained one of the beers for Buy No Buy 
for that reason. Because okay. I'm not going to say anything, but I, I brought it on for a very specific reason. Can't wait to find out. Besides the fact that it's a cold IPA. Okay. But it's one of those styles that I don't, I don't know. It still has not... There is nothing that has said you should drink this as a style. Uh, it's cool to see how it's made, but I I don't know, man. I you know I feel like when you f- cold IPA as a style, I think we have a lot of breweries trying to figure it out. We have a lot of hits, and we have a ton of misses. Um, for every did it all for the Wookiee from Divine Barrel, which is great, is is absolutely fantastic. And I I literally asked Grant uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, uh, can you reach out and see if they're still kegging that? Because I would love a fresh keg of that, but I don't want whatever. Like, if it's still from the last batch, I'm not interested in that. Right. I can't drink it that fast. But damn it, if I don't love me some Wookiee, well, and and I hate to say it, but the article even mentions it like slightly. It, well. No, hold on. I'm I'm conflating things. Never mind. Um, Welcome the, to show two. Yeah, I know. I can't read your mind. Brute, brute IPAs. Oh yeah, that was a joke. Didn't they kind of talk about that in this one, or is there another? Yeah, story they did. That I read. Okay. They did. Okay, they, they did in this article. And okay, let, let's not get brute IPA twisted with cold IPA because why not? Well, it's brute IPA was a regular IPA with a different yeast strain. Yep. Yeehaw. That's it. I, know. I mean, and so is Quike for that matter, right? Yeah. But we, we couldn't quite figure out, pin down what exactly a brood IPA was supposed to be because depending on who you talk to, it was like a different a different answer. And even the founder, whatever, of that style, like just couldn't quite put his finger on what it, what it, what it was that a brood IPA is. Um, cold IPA, on the other hand, is a little bit more established, and, and this article does go into, like, these are the rules. Like, this is how you should set this beer up. This is what your fermentation temperature should be. This is what your malt bill should look like, and damn. like. So, know. basically, just so listeners know, without if you don't want to read this whole thing, they are aiming to try to make, at least, Wells, correct me if I'm wrong, they're aiming to try to make more... Of a cleaner version of a, and I hate to say cleaner when I use this term because it's dirty as hell, but a cleaner version of a West Coast IPA that is supposed to kind of be like an IPL, but not really and hazy, kind of all mixed in one bag. Well, this shouldn't be hazy. No. I know, but that's kind of what they're trying to do. Chase after at least uh, to, how I read it. Uh, I don't know. To me, I, I read a cold IPA as a as the like Reese's peanut butter cup of crispy boy and bitter boy. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, IPL was just like we made this beer and we put some different hops in it. Bleh. All right. I I mean to your point, Jeff. I mean that's that's exactly right. I have two beers that like live in my fridge full time, and that is a rotating crispy boy yeah. and a rotating bitter boy. So we like in in the house just like for everyday drinking something very light bodied. Yep. Um, whether it's a, a you know Divine Barrel West Coast IPA, a, or lately it's been cold IPA. Yeah. So I mean this this has been my jam. 
I, I really, really love the style. And for me to learn what makes something I like taste the way it does, I don't know. Just I got off on this article. No, no, no. There's there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I I was fascinated with it too. It broke a lot of myths for me. I get a little nervous though whenever I click on an article and it's like it's a 16 minute read. I'm like, oh my god, you're kidding me. But <laughs> I don't have the attention span to make it 16 minutes. Can that, you give me the two minute like TikTok my, version? My wife. <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah, hops. Hops, 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 everybody. So we've talked about this on the show before to a point, but hops have terroir just like grapes do. You know, if you grow. So for the uninitiated, please explain terroir. I mean, I know what it means. I just want to make sure you know what it means. Sure. <laughs> um, it's that the growing conditions and the soil where uh, certain things are grown have a very dramatic impact on the f- finished product. And which is why you can't grow certain hop strains in different parts of the country. Well, mm, you can't grow certain hop strains because like that's more of like a, a mildew issue. Okay. And a, like a fungus issue because like certain parts of the country are like have higher like powdery mildew, downy mildew, whatever. Some of these um, hop varieties are a little bit more susceptible to it. Gotcha. Um, hops need certain weather conditions, like certain humidity, uh, certain amount of rain, certain um, like kind of wind, whatever. And we found that three states in the United States, like specifically like Oregon, Washington, and Idaho have very ideal conditions for growing hops. You can grow hops in, in all 50 states. It's just there are certain varieties that are a little bit better suited for certain areas. But it turns out like not all Cascade hops are the same depending on where they're grown. I mean, no surprise that you can get different results from <coughs> growing hops in like the Yakima Valley like Cascade are going to taste a certain way than if they're grown in New Zealand. Right. Like, right. Cause there is a difference, you know, there, but it turns out like there's a difference in between like just different regions. Sure. Um, within the Yakima Valley. This is really cool. Yeah. I mean, go home and ask Liz because I know she'll be, she'll recognize the reference, but ask her if there's a difference between like, the melons you buy here in Posey County melons. She will understand that reference, but that's the kind of thing that people will drive from the next state over to get because again, that terroir is, is just, it's specific and it makes a difference. Yep. That's why bourbon is better out of Kentucky. Well, and or at least and Lexington anyway, that's why tobacco here tastes different than tobacco in any other state. The way that it's grown here, it's completely different. So, I mean, that's why Tobacco Row is here in Virginia and West Virginia. It, I mean, you, we you can grow it anywhere, but it tastes different here. We, we knew that grapes have terroir, yes. right? But suddenly, like, there's a noticeable, distinct difference between the exact same hop grown in different like parts of a valley. 
Yeah. Like suddenly have terroir. It doesn't doesn't surprise me that there is the difference. What surprises me is that it, A, took us this long to figure it out. And B, like that it's discernible. Well, and and what's interesting, kind of, again, another long length article that they, they go a little bit more in depth with is you've got wineries that do this to show you. Here's how this grape tastes, even though this grape is grown here, this grape is grown here, same grape, they taste different. These hop farms are starting to do the same thing with beer. They're starting to say, come in and taste this beer. It's the same exact hop, but it was grown different, or it tastes different because it was grown in this part of this valley than this part. Which is interesting because we've seen breweries do that with, here's a base beer with different yeast strains. Yes. Here's the same base beer with different hop varietals. This is cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would like to see more of this because, you know, eventually we all know hops and marijuana, they be cousins. They be cousins. And there are so many different strains from the same plant of marijuana that they do different things to your body or to your brain, you know, the chemistry of it. Why isn't hops any different right. at the end of the day? Right. And then all of a sudden the same strain of hop sub branches into like 500 different versions of the same you know branch of hop i think it would be cool if we actually really started to push hops in that direction for sure yeah now that we know i can't wait to see what like next year's um like fresh hop beer releases are going to look like yeah. i can't wait to see what this year's fresh hop beer i know i that know too. you're going to tell us all about <laughs> it and i'm a little <laughs> jealous <laughs> it's, 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 all right, made this... me made real realize in between shows uh I guess for all of our complaining about Instagramness in in breweries, I'm probably gonna be doing a lot of that. Are you actually gonna oh, well, put Instagram on your phone? No, okay. hell no. So Wells or I will be doing that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Rosh beer is not cool, but go what? ahead. And- Rosh beer is, is is cool. No, it's not. Okay. Go ahead and try to tell me why it is though. It's delicious. No, it's not. I love. I love. It depends, it depends, so I'll argue that Roush beer for me, like, I, I don't want an aggressive Roush beer. And we've had those, and those are gross. Yes. But I don't mind. Um, oh, sh- what's the style that Divine does? Um, the Lubelski. Yep. Just regular, like that plain Roush beer. Like, I don't feel like it is too oppressive. Mm-hmm. It's enough, not too much. Well, I'm. I think I'm just obsessed with this website because you are. They, they did a deep dive on cold IPA, and now they're coming in with like, here's exactly why smoked beer matters and how to structure a proper Roush beer. Um, yeah, that I love smoky things. I I love smoking foods, but I there's something about. There is something about just like breathing in just like wood smoke yeah. that that really appeals to me. Like I like being around it, whether it's a campfire, whether it's uh, just a, a barbecue, whether it's whatever. I like um, all of those things. I just don't want them in my beer. But I do. Um, to me, having a, a proper smoky beer like a Roush, um, it's... It, it triggers all those like happy dopamine releasing things that I get from like it's all of the barbecuing without the work. Like I can just <laughs> But sit. I'd rather do the work. 
But I since when have you ever rathered to do the work all the time ever. when it comes to barbecue meat, son? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, this isn't as groundbreaking of an article as the cold IPA one is, but if you are smoke curious, if you want to know kind of what it is that makes a Roush beer. Uh, different than like any other type of lager. Uh, I mean, it's, (laughs) they smoke the malt. Yeah, I was about to say, besides smoke malt, is it any different? Nope. Okay, I didn't think so. No. Okay. I I, I figured, I just, because this is one of those styles of beer that can go fuck itself in a fire forever. In a fire. I mean, since it's there. Yeah, just instead of smoking, just light it on up and let it burn. It's just, it reminds me of liquid smoke way too much, and it just turns me off completely, and I want nothing to do with it. I get it. And that's where my barrier is, plain and simple. That's fine. You do you. Yeah, I will. Be Happily. I was just curious if it was any other different process than what I had always assumed, which was just smoke malt. Yep. Okay. That's it. It's smoke malt. Okay. It can fuck itself. Oh my gosh, did you click on a virus website? Yeah, I did. I clicked on a very specific <coughs> virus re- website of Voodoo Ranger and yes. how it's kind of saved New Belgium. I'll say. Uh, I feel like we need to have a Voodoo Ranger on the show at some point. I actually thought about buying the whole Mix 12 pack. I think you should. Just to say that we've had them. For shits and gigs. Because we haven't. Um, so for listeners that don't know, New Belgium took their Ranger IPA, which was honestly Jeez. one of my favorite classic IPAs. I, and it honestly had bailed me out of several, like, I am training in this, like, armpit of a city, yep. and there's nothing else around, yep. and I'm at, like, the local, like, Applebee's, Outback, whatever, right? and they've got Ranger IPA on tap, and I'm like... Thank goodness there's something in this town other than Bushlight. Exactly. Or Bud or Coors or anything else. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of amazing to look at how much this particular, I guess, rebranding in a way that rebranded New Belgium into the Voodoo X. Because it's Ranger, it's Hazy. Right, right. They've got all these different variants of this one beer that started off as them replacing, because I will never forget the up in arms of the craft brewery world when they took out Ranger IPA and Voodoo Ranger got put in into their mix pack and everybody lost their ever loving fucking minds on the internet of yep. what did you do to my Ranger IPA? Right. I, it had a very quiet cult following. Yeah. And and even then, like in an era where so many breweries of that same size and in, in cachet, like they all swung and missed. And yet somehow New Belgium came out, you know, almost like the zombie skeleton, whatever they've got on the can. Right. You know, and like rose from the dead. And like, yes. because we were writing like New Belgium, they're fat tire and nothing else for years. And they got Ranger IPA, which will get you out of a jam if there's nothing else on tap. But you're not going to love it. And now, but, but you'll be, you'll be happy. Yeah. Least, or like, it's it, a serviceable. It's, it, it could be worse. Yeah. You know, and here we are and it's completely revolutionized them. It reminds me a little bit of, 
you talk about like a, a larger legacy brand kind of carving out a new umbrella line. It reminds me of Sierra Nevada doing the whole like hazy little thing. Yeah. Yep. Big little thing. Like yep. there's a whole Which, big little thing, man. That that is one of my all time like all them little things. I want a little I want a little quote unquote Imperial IPA. Yes, please. <laughs> Give me a big little thing. So, so you mean an IPA? We yeah. we talked a little bit um, on the last show about Instagram trap breweries kind of thing. And this article postulates that some of the success is due to unconventional branding that they have rather than just like people doing things, this, that, and the other, like the voodoo Ranger IPA series is nothing but like memes. Yeah, pretty much. Which speaks to, you know, the culture of the time. It does absolutely, and now apparently though, if these were all reaction gifts, that would be cringe. Yes, because those are no longer a thing. And I'm like, oh dang, that's oh, my favorite. Dang. Yeah, I know. Right? Does that make me? Am I a boomer now? I'm not a boomer, but like, <laughs> shit. Does that mean wrestling gifts is dead? Oh, hold on, I need to send Chris a wrestling gift while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but well, to your point, it, it, it does go into a little bit more of like the way that they are running this brand is totally separate mm-hmm. from the way that they are running New Belgium in general. Yeah, this is not like your dad's fat tire. Yeah. This is... We're, we're hip. We're new. We are... Spon- in case people didn't know, they are doing a lot of sponsoring with like e-tournaments for gaming and all kinds of other different things that you don't see craft breweries doing ever. Yeah, they had... Like they had a booth at Comic Con. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I'm makes not mad no at it, but yeah. but no one else is no one else is there. No. Filling that void. I mean, they're opportunists. You're in San Diego of all fucking places. I mean, yeah. One of the meccas of craft beer. And you're you're telling me like some thirty plus year old brand, New Belgium, is suddenly like cool and hip, but actually is. Yeah. Or at least this offshoot of them is well and that's the other weird part is that they are treating this completely separate yep. as an offshoot mm-hmm. like they even go into depth with this article of every six pack 12 pack you know whatever you buy from them and new belgium in general a dollar of it dollar of it goes to a charity and they even say oh, we don't even worry about that we let new belgium handle that like mm-hmm. Like, they are handling this like it's a completely separate company with different branding that just happens to have the New Belgium logo at the top. So you still know the parent company. Yep. But I don't, I, I give it another year, maybe. And we don't even see New Belgium like anywhere prominently on the cans of these. It just is like a complete rebranding of the, the ever shrinking parent company logo. Yep. But it is a very fascinating article. Um, and I guess it is time that maybe we finally do these beers because we have ignored them for years. I mean, there's been things we've ignored for longer and finally had on the show. We might as well. Yeah. Do, you know, speaking of like weird, like, do you realize how long ago that was? Do you realize how long ago the seltzer show was? It's been more than a year. Oh, yeah. Which Ooh. was like, that's a long time. It is. Time means nothing anymore. It doesn't. So uh, I guess next Set of shows, since in case you guys don't know, we do two shows at once. Uh, next set of shows, I'm going to go out and I will grab a bunch of different 
ranger stuff. Yeah, I, d- I don't know how quickly I'll have all my freshy freshes. In. That's what I was going to ask because well, I didn't like, want to waste. Yeah, time like we could talk that. about that off mic and figure okay. out logistics, but um, it'd probably be good to be ready okay. just in case. I mean, it's not like these are hard to get beers. Right, so right. I could. You don't I have could, to go wait in line. I for could literally beer. place an order on Instacart right now and have it in thirty minutes. So oh, well. I think we'll be good. After some of these beers, I'd be like, that'd be a good idea. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. These aren't all bad. All right, last uh, article up, Wells. And, and it has nothing to do with beer. It well, doesn't, but it does. It, but it kind of does. Bourbon. bourbon is getting ready to go through some of the growing pains that we've seen craft beer go through It in terms of adjuncting. And I have some feelings about this, especially one of the examples that they gave of a Neapolitan bourbon. And yes, please. Like, no. Do want. Absolutely not. No. Do want. Why are, no. why are you drinking? Why are you drinking bourbon if that's what you want? Now, having said that, that's exactly what beer people were saying when all of the adjuncting happened. Yep. I, I have a, a, a big overarching salient point, but Wells looks like he wants to say something and I interrupt him way too much. I'm going to be quiet for a second. So this Neapolitan bourbon, it's a, a, a rye whiskey that has been added to a bourbon barrel that held liquid cacao that was then dumped into a vanilla extract barrel, and then it was finished in a strawberry brandy barrel, and I just want to vomit. That so, sounds um, disgusting So, So time out for a second. Yes. Um, strawberry brandy? Like, I know apple brandy. Sure. Yeah. I, I learned about strawberry brandy from the Is strawberry brandy a thing? I've never seen I don't I don't pay much before. attention to the brandy section, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. So I've, the fun thing about all of that. Well, oh, yeah, what's that? So with this particular brewery, there have been claims distillery. that distillery. They're distillery, sorry. <laughs> that they are actually adding liquid to these quote unquote finishing barrels. Oh, very mm-hmm. interesting. Of things like a strawberry or even better, have you ever heard of a kiwi brandy before? Uh, no, uh, but they claim that they have a kiwi barrel. Uh, please, t- please tell me who's made it. They are kiwi brandy in it. So, are they making kiwi brandy themselves, and then just so we can like, oh, this totally held that thing. This is a kiwi <coughs> brandy barrel. Uh, well, someone- shit, you can buy kiwi brandy made in New Zealand from real fruits. Okay. Old Castle Artisan Distillery. Having had a Kiwi Lambic, uh, keep me the hell away from a Kiwi brandy. That might be a brandy I would actually enjoy. That makes my teeth ache in my gums just thinking about it. Uh, Here's a patent. CN 10675-4044A, a kind of processing technology of Kiwi Berry Brandy. Okay. So maybe it is um, from a pulp enzyme, deep pyrolytic kiwi berry cell membrane. So the kiwi berry discharges more fruit juice. Sulfide is added to a wine. Blah 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 blah. So I mean, it's very possible it, it is a thing. <coughs> and so, I guess here's where I come from, Kansas. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I do like straight bourbon, but I also kind of have an expensive palate when it comes to that. Sure. And Dropping a hundred, a hundred and ten plus dollars for a bottle of bourbon, yeah, sometimes is not pleasant. Yeah, so why can't I enjoy this Neapolitan bourbon that's thirty bucks or 
this bottle of Screwball, which I don't know if either of you have ever had. It's a peanut butter whiskey. It tastes like a fucking peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. Or it is what it says like, it is. I, we, we went and hung out with some folks last week, and uh, he's like, let me make you a drink real quick. And before I could even realize what was going on, he had dropped a shot of Fireball into an apple cider. Damn it if that wasn't good. Oh, yeah. That sounds delicious. It was, it was fantastic. That sounds absolutely loved it. delicious. And I'm just like, I'm not going to. Oh, actually, I kind of enjoy this. This is not bad at all. Right, exactly. So here, here I get the bourbon nerds because oh sure, of course we're beer nerds. Because right? yeah, we, we and again we the same thing was said about beer when all these adjuncts started coming in. It'll come to a place where we will realize where our line is, what we want, what we don't want. However, what I see the bourbon companies doing is similar to the Instagram slash untapped conversation from last show. This is all about trying to bring in new drinkers. Yes, because and that the is end- the point that one of the distilleries makes is this isn't your quote-unquote dad's bourbon. Yeah. This has not been aged for 15 years. And I mean, we you know, age it for five, we throw the shit in it and get it out the door. That's right. That's right. Because now they can make it quicker, faster, cheaper, and it's still going to sell. And it'll probably sell even more because what is has been one of the biggest selling items for the last couple of years, it's been seltzers. And is it because seltzers are like, ah, uh, yes, we have uh, lemon uh, or, or lime. We have perfected this in a bourbon barrel of, yeah. or, or a finished barrel of lemons, and, and it's been... The, the biggest issue no. with bourbon for years has been that it's kind of inaccessible if you're not into like a harsh drink. But now you start making all of these fancy flavors, well, that really opens up a mixologist to do all sorts of fun things. Well, and it... it it opens up a whole different market, too. For sure. I have a son that shouldn't be drinking, but is drinking whatever. Allegedly. Allegedly. I guarantee you, if I were to present to him a $110 bottle of bourbon and say, you're going to taste nothing but ash and smoke and some charcoaly and some cherry, or here's this fun peanut butter drink. What is he going to go for? He's going to the peanut butter drink. Yeah, exactly. Because we we often like to martyr ourselves on the cross of, look how great we are because we have these refined palates and we can do all this stuff. And it's like it's like wine connoisseurs. Yes. You know, like, God, oh, yeah. I'm getting um, stone fruits and no, a lot not. of berry and like... No, I, you're not. May, may, maybe, maybe not. But no, like... Not. Sometimes it's okay to just drink what you want to drink. Yeah. I won't buy any of this bourbon. It's not for me. That's not what I drink bourbon for. But I understand why they're doing it. And I'm telling you, when you go back up to Indiana next time, I'm going to say, Jeff, please look for these bottles because like, there's a toasted marshmallow bourbon. Like, yes, please. The Neapolitan bourbon. Yes, please. Like, I would try all of these things. Uh, there's going to be an extra surcharge for having to buy the Neapolitan bourbon. Good. I had, I had to show my face in a liquor store and Specific- look somebody in the eye while I made this finish this transaction. And there's no way that I could get around it, right? Because I'll look and be like, this isn't for me. This is for a friend back home. And they'll be like, mm, okay, sure. I mean, if you look at the bottle, so Jeff, if you turn around and look, does that look like a traditional bourbon bottle to you? No. No. This this looks like a... Honestly, those almost look like a Dark Lord release. One of the most storied Scotch brands 
made a cake scotch. Thanks, I hate it. The Look, morbid curiosity of me would buy so, that bottle. Okay, if I saw that bottle of Glenmorang so, cake, okay, I so, would say yes. So, so realistically, let's 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 talk uh, logistics here. So, um, in in the beer world, uh, we'll brew a beer sometimes with you know a box of Lucky Charms, you right. know, and and pretend that it's not Lucky Charms because it's like you know generic, you know Sam's Club Lucky Charms, whatever. Yeah. But like you're brewing it with it, and and then you add some, you know, later on to to add extra flavors to the actual beer. Um, but like with with a single malt whiskey, you're boiling it off. Like, how is there even any flavoring left in it? I mean, supposedly they're doing this in a finishing barrel. So in other words, the product's okay. finished. Then they're putting in so they're, said adjunct. They're, they're put yeah okay. So they're adjuncting a barrel, which like just yeah. feels wrong for so many reasons. It does. Whatever. And then at the here's same- the the weirder part though. Okay, buy that. so I'd buy that. I'd buy a, that cake. No, no. Um, I thought I just saw so that that Glen Morangie, let's Say how many how many years it was. I guess I don't see that. Um, no, probably not. I because mean, a lot of these have table. to be like five plus years. So it's not like this is some new thing they just came up with. They've been doing this for a while and it's just now coming to market. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, but like, so I don't know if you, either of you gentlemen have ever heard of Bespoke Post. One more, t- one more time without affectation. Bespoke Post. No. Okay. So it's one of those mail bo- mail-in order boxes that... You can sign up for like here's my interest and please send me this mm, and like well, one are of those th- still a thing? Yeah, they are. Uh, one of the things that on their email list that I get is a finishing barrel, okay, where I can choose the ingredients and it's not obviously a big barrel; it's a little one gallon guy that I can choose my ingredients and of course they don't send any scotch and there or you know liquor. Uh, but they're like, hey, add your liquor to this and just hide out for a year and let these flavors develop and see what happens type of a deal. I don't see how what these breweries are. Why do you keep I'm sorry. It's a beer cast. Of sorry. course. Yes. I don't see how what they're doing is any different than what I could do as a consumer. They're doing it on a larger scale. But yeah. how is it any different? If they want to chase down some of these Stupid ideas, let them. Like, if they're still, ma- if Glen Morang is still making Glen Morang, they just happen to make this cake scotch on the side. Who's it hurting? At the end yeah. of the day. I mean, I, it, I mean, potentially me, if that ends up being more popular than the base scotch and I can't get it anymore. Which isn't really the concern. Well, I mean, that I, would never be the concern. I, I, I don't see that ever being a thing because. This will be a flash in the pan until people quit buying it. And ultimately, this is to drive people to the base. This isn't to be the replacement for a base. Right. I, I don't believe any rate. Like, I don't believe, you know, when Hunapu puts out or when Cigar City puts out different variants of Hunapu, it's not to get you to where that's the only one you'll buy. They want to get it to where you're more excited about Hunapu as a general brand. Yep. Right. And that's kind of what this is going to be. Um, my concern is more of 
What happens when the bourbon that I already have a hard time getting a hold of is now harder to get a hold of because we're wasting our time on stupid adjuncted bourbons that I don't want? And I get that. And less barrel space is dedicated to those and more is dedicated to to this shit. I mean, bourbon and scotch both historically not the kind of thing that you put in the fermenter for 30 days and then roll out. Right. It takes three, six, 10, 12 years. Well, and like I said, most of these places, they're, they're doing... Five to six on these and before maybe they adjunct them. Yeah, and and, and if they're the just door. taking their base that's been aging for a while and then throwing it in a finishing barrel, like that's not new. You know, you look at something like Angel's Envy that's been around for a while. Yep. That's kind of the same idea. But again, you're taking. Or your, honey or some of the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, but you're taking your base away from the people who just want to drink the base so that you can have this other thing. I, I, I'm sure it's a calculated decision it's well, it a, has to be in the world of bourbon because yeah. again it's a five plus year project all i've been hearing for the last couple of years is that there is a big dry spell coming where we're going to have a real shortage of bourbon and i'm like well you know it's kind of like the co2 thing you're telling me we've got a shortage of co2 that sure doesn't stop people from putting out absolutely ridiculous stupid beer yep or seltzer or anything else yeah so we'll in, see yeah who knows Man, we went long on this one without even doing buy no buy. So let's go take our break. We'll be back in 30. Time for buy, don't buy. I'll explain how it works. Pretty simple. We've been drinking beers on the show. We rate them as very Whee! simple. One or a zero. Jeff, first beer up. Uh, thanks to Wells for going to Asheville and bringing us some um, Zillacoa Fest beer. Uh, Wells, uh, can you help me understand the difference between a Fest beer and a Martzen? No, I can't. Cool. Off the top of off the top of my head, I I cannot. I mean, I have to assume that it has something to do with a different malt bill because this is like super this yellow is pilsnery. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, this is freaking delicious. Um, I I would absolutely destroy just mugs and mugs and mugs of this. Um, I, I've got to get up there. Big huge buy. Well, it's a it's a Incredibly accessible, very easy drinking beer. Um, 100% fest malt. Um, again, off the top of my head, I cannot remember the difference between a fest beer and a mar- uh, margin. But this this is almost criminally light, I think. I But I still really yeah. enjoy it. Is it the most fest beer beer that's ever fested? Maybe, maybe not. It's, but it's like, definitely not. But it's no just point. a purely enjoyable drink. Yeah. That it is. Like, if if I was to buy it as a a fest beer, it's a no buy. Just but as a, a can of delicious tasting stuff, it's it's very good buy. Josh, sorry, uh, I'll get more into the difference between the two by on this one next beer up. <laughs> okay, um, so that was a that was a buy. 
Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Sure. You asked the question. I am yeah, researching yeah. it. Well, no. Okay. Well, I didn't, wasn't sure like how much we want to vamp for. Which one was that? Was that this one? Yeah. This? It's going to take a bit. So. Fair enough. Uh, up next, um, from Oxbow Brewing in Newcastle, Maine, this is Lupolo. Lupolo. Sure. An unfiltered pilsner built, brewed with European malts and noble hops. Um, oh, it's an Italian style, it says. Um, oh, man, I don't know. I feel like I've had some Italian pills and I love them. And this one just, uh, it's not... It's not clicking for me for some reason. Um, I don't hate it. It just doesn't live up to an Italian pills for me. Also, it's it's wonderfully bitter. It's got a great nose to it. It is frighteningly clean. Um, as I was saying earlier, like I have two types of beer in my fridge. And this is like one of the crispiest crispy boys that we have in rotation. It, it's quite lovely, and I honestly can't believe we've never had anything from Oxbow before because I drink them a lot. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a buy. Josh, still reading? Uh, no, actually. So you guys ready for this? This I'm is a- really weird. Da, 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 so da, da, in 1953 da, da. is when the Fest versus a Mertzen actually started. Basically, the Mertzen is now only brewed. In Germany, everywhere else, or the breweries that traditional German breweries only make fest beers for outside of the grounds. So, so this is like the whole champagne versus sparkling wine thing. Yep. So, Meritzen, all of those American Meritzens we've had are a lie. Yep. They're all fest beers. Yep. So, explain to me how Triple C can do both. Well, they called one the wrong thing, and they called the other one the right thing. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, technically speaking, if you want to be weird about it, you're only allowed to brew Meritzens for Oktoberfest, and that's it, according to Germany. Okay, cool. Okay, so well, we are in Germany. This is America. Uh, this is America. So, and yeah. it's October, and we're, we're festing. We're, so. I'm already going to add an article on this to the next show. Yeah, go, go to your favorite new website. and uh, Yes, cool. Uh, no, this is another really damn well-made beer. Sorry, you guys asked. I had to fall into the rabbit hole because I've, I've always been curious too. Yeah, no, no, it's it's there. What's weird is you know <coughs> we see so many styles that pop up, and sometimes it feels like they're just marketing gimmicks. Yes, and then sometimes there's a legitimacy to it, and sometimes it is something that somebody tried and labeled, and then like. Oh, hey, here's some new thing, and then it turns into a thing that wasn't meant to be a thing. Which, I mean, if you look at the difference between a traditional Meritzen and a Fest beer, Fest beers and Meritzens are completely different, right? Technically speaking, a Meritzen should be amber color, Fest oh. beer should be light colored. Okay, so, all right, so so then maybe it has to do with your malt bill. It does a little bit, like, Paul Inner was the one that wrote the, this article that I read, so I didn't go into great detail about right, it. Right, 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 they're, they're unbiased. Right, they're basically like, hey, the color's cool, right? Uh, by the way, you can only find this style of beer here. So, anyways. Bullshit. Yeah. Next beer. Uh, speaking of cold IPAs, how about Cold Torpedo? A beer that I saw on the shelf uh, as we've talked more about cold IPAs. And I got super excited about And then I looked at the bottle date and said, hell to the gnaw. 
Hail to the Nah, dog. Josh, would you like to tell us a little more about this extremely old cold IPA? Sure. Is so, it cold IPA or is it an old IPA? It's a cold old IPA. So this was and still is in my mind, and part of the reason why I have a hard time with cold IPAs, the box dirt. Wells is looking at me funny. And yeah, but that's not even fair, how dude. How is this the box turd? Because is- it's been hanging around in their IPA boxes since okay. April. Okay, but, but you buying a beer that at this point is six months past its bottle date. It's not my fault when Sierra Nevada keeps packaging it and selling it. And that's fair. Okay, that's fair. Because it is still... I bought that mix pack of IPAs last week. Thankful, okay. fresh. Torpedo, fresh. Okay. Pale, fresh. They're still putting that box turd in. But it was still interesting to try it, even somewhat out of date, like a month out of date. It was the box turd even back then. I am not sold on cold IPAs after trying this. When the granddaddy of them all, and this is Torpedo, right? Like a fairly classic IPA. That they made gold style. No thanks. Okay. So all right. So you're not going to buy it. No. Okay. We're 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 going way <laughs> out of order here. Well, he asked me to explain <laughs> it, so I explained the reasoning why I no, brought no, it. Cold on torpedo show. wasn't out of order. That's up next. No, I mean, Josh just no bought it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I know sorry. bought it, but. No, yeah, because yeah, I asked me to right, explain right, right, why yeah, okay, I brought yeah. it on. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, why I brought it on. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, I feel like this is out of date. Uh, I like cold IPAs. This one didn't click for me. Six months. I, I, that's all I can expect. Um, so it's an, it's this one's a no buy for for this iteration of it. Maybe fresh. I'd have a different conversation. No, we'll see. No. You would. Uh, I see. You've already coded me as a no buy. You're going to buy it. I know you are. I am going to buy it. I know. You it, always but you because, buy everything. Because even like six months out of date, I do think this is a good beer at its heart. What is crazy to me is I just checked on Untapped and the, I did it all for the Wookiee. This predates that by a month. So I'm sitting here trying to figure out like what the hell a cold IPA is. And Sierra Nevada made one like... 30 days prior to me, like learning a new thing. That's wild. Like I'm not used to them being that quick. Innovative. Yeah. Innovative. Sure. I mean, but do they make a brood IPA? Hell to the no. I could be wrong about that. At they least might I hope have. they do. You, know, you never know. Yeah. And then they put it in a box and said, surprise. Ooh. Some fries. All right. All right. So, beer. so this next beer, um, I've been sitting here with like my nose jammed in this this glass because this beer you have quite a bit. You've been this, sniffing this, that this, this beer is it's it it it's so it's uh, math mode by Aslan, and I and so I stick my nose and I'm like, mm, okay, so is that like breakfast sausage? Like maybe it's some sage or something like that. And I'll, I'll do it again. I'm like, nah, maybe that's some like oregano. Is that like swamp ass? Like, I'm not like there's like the aroma on this thing is super weird. <laughs> Those are all very different, distinct smells that you're getting. But like, like go in there and take a big hit off of that and tell me I'm off base. Guava. Is that what that is? Because I feel like I know guava and I like guava. This doesn't smell like guava. 
It's like, there's that breakfast sausage again. I just get burnt tire. Burnt tire? I mean... I, I can see that to a degree. It's super weird. Um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting IPA. We keep having these Aslan IPAs, and they're all super interesting. Um, I don't know that I want a whole glass of, like, you know, swamp ass and oregano and breakfast sausage. You know what I mean? Sage, yeah. It's, it's super interesting. I just, I don't think I want a ton of this. So I'm going to go buy it. Wells? I would say I'm trolling you guys with this, except I bought a four pack last night, just completely never tried it until you cracked it open. I've, I've never had this beer before. Like brought it on the show and I'm going to have it for the first time along with y'all. And I do see what you both of y'all mean with the sage and the burnt rubber and their tasting notes say guava. I'm like, well, I get that too. This is clear. Like I was, I, I was hoping for a haze boy. That's what I get for not like checking on tapped or looking this up before I bought it. Cause I don't know if I would have bought this. Like this wasn't, I was trying to buy a hazy. Right. And this ain't that. Right. But this is weirdly good. Like, I don't, I can't quite put my finger on why I like this so much. I mean, if you like licking butthole, that's fine. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not here to say, you know, like, yes or no. I'm just right. like, you know. Well, it depends on the butthole, right? I, right. How clean is it when it was the last time it was in? Anyway. <laughs> but, but I can't. Speaking of colonoscopy, um, so I, I, I don't know why I like this one because it's so strange it's it's it is like a cross between a cold ipa and like a juicy ipa but i I don't know i i like it i like it enough to buy it josh josh what do you think about the brown eyed girl (laughs) (laughs) i would kick this out of bed for eating crackers what is it doing like i don't know i am so confused right Right? now right i and like yeah, it's the, not the like a smells good are almost overwhelming at times. Like when, because you know we're using some decent sized glasses where you can get most of your nose inside of it, all yep. of it. Oh yeah, how big your nose is. And we all know that smell is part of taste. And so when all I'm smelling is burnt rubber, and then I go to taste it, and I don't hate it, and that's the weird part. But then my brain's like, yeah, you do. You hate this. It's it's burnt rubber and. Guava and breakfast sausage. It is. An asshole in oregano. It's got so many weird things going on, and yet I would fucking buy it too. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I know. I'm so confused. All right, so we know who out of the three of us is eating ass. <laughs> Next beer up. Final beer up for the show. Uh, Resident Cultures. Lord. All these years. Uh, so you may say, well, hey, wait. Didn't you just do all these years last show? Like, you're right. We did. But... But this is the coffee variant. So Resident Culture and Perennial got together and made this uh, Imperial Stout. Um, you know, again, aged 15 months in uh, Appleton rum barrels and 20 months in Willett Family Estate bourbon barrels. Uh, then given the Perennial Abraxas treatment, you know, ancho chilies, Ceylon cinnamon, vanilla, uh, the whole nine yards. Um, but this one has coffee. But this one has coffee. And I was super excited for it. Because Well says you'll really like this one because it has coffee in it, and 
Um, so on one hand, I do appreciate that there's some coffee to it. On the other, I feel like the coffee is doing more of a prevent defense on the ancho and the Ceylon than I feel like it is being like coffee forward in the way that I wanted it to be coffee forward. It's, it's fine. It just isn't like the grab you by the short hairs and now you're going to be excited because coffee for me. Um, but again, that Abraxas treatment kind of like can be overwhelming. So I, I appreciate this. I like this more than the last one. Um, you know, again, unfortunately, because I know the price point on this, I'm, I'm, it's a good beer. I'm just, I, I, I can't, I wouldn't buy it. I just, I know myself too well. Wells? Oh, God. I mean, the nose is nothing but coffee. Like, I, I, I feel like just, just smelling this that it's going to be you're, you're right. just a, a coffee bomb. And then I take a sip and it's the Abraxas treatment with the double barrel. But with just, I think it's a great coffee addition. I think this is head and shoulders above uh, the the base, and I really enjoyed the base. I'm a I'm a solid buy on this one. So I I feel like where this lands is, you know, in my head, there's two types of coffee. There and it two types of coffee and beer. There's good coffee, and then there's green pepper coffee, right? Like okay. the coffee is turned, it's no longer good. You're like whatever. This is very much like a tiramisu dessert coffee. It, it's not so much coffee as it is sweet coffee. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just, it's a little different for me. Well, I like it. Josh hates coffee. Your thoughts. I have never heard a better description of how coffee plays in a beer than what Jeff just said of We've got three dudes on the line. Everybody else is backed up in prevent. Like, you nailed it. And it still does not fix this beer for me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and Wells is like, what the fuck is wrong with you two? But it just, I mean, the coffee helps, but it still does not do it for me. And, and again, like, this is one of those cases where, you know, we, we often talk about like there are styles and hot profiles that some of us like that the others don't. And, and that's all good and fine. Um, there are, there are definite beer styles in, in this, like Wells is undoubtedly unabashedly unapologetically big into the Mexican cake. Yeah. Braxis. Yep. yep. You know, uh, uh, you know, like whatever. And Josh and I are just kind of like, I, you know, like I get it and it's fine. I'm, I'm happy to it. try it, you know, but if, I, if I'm at Wheels for Wishes and, and I see Hunapu, unless it's like double barreled or something like that, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I've had Hunapu. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this is good. This is a this is an exceptionally well-made beer. It yes. is. It is 100% excellent. If you ever have the opportunity to buy it, I would recommend you buying it. It's just I'm glad to have tried it here. Because I don't, I don't think I want a whole bottle of it. Yeah, I don't like. I know I half jokingly <coughs> said I would have bought the last bottle and put it in my chili like a monster. I don't know that you could give me a full bottle of either of these variants and I could get through them. There's just something about that treatment of beer, like Jeff said, where it's it's that that weird hot profile that you know sometimes you don't like or whatever the case is. Things just aren't clicking for you. I guess I am with you, Jeff. I am 100% over the Mexican-style cake beer. 
I don't want any more of it. And, and it's like, weird because I, I don't like it's it. It's not like it's gross or disgusting. It just does absolutely nothing yeah. for me. I, I feel like I've been there and I've seen that and I've done that and I'm good. Yeah. You know, like there's some styles that will stick around forever and I, and I feel like I've experienced them and like, and we've had the best of the best. Like we are <laughs> so close to having the best of the best with having Westbrook where it is. And when Mark would travel back and oh, yeah. forth and bring us Hunapu all the time, like yep. we're spoiled. Like it, it's, it's not like we've ever tried like these atrocious, nasty ones. Yeah, it's the beer world problems of we've we've had so many over the years that we've gotten to where we understand you know beer is beer, right? Like I was chatting with uh, Chase from Minnesota uh, a week or so ago, and he was going to the Toppling Goliath Assassin release. And I'm like, you know, there's a beer that I've literally never tried. And I'm sure would be would be great. And then I saw what they were charging for the bottle, and I'm like, you know, beer is beer. Yep. I, I don't I don't need it to measure myself. I don't need it to say I've had it. I would love to try it. And so come to find out he's actually gonna be moving somewhat close here in the next few months. And so we start talking whales for wishes. And so uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I've been to that resident culture spot. So uh, hopefully we'll get to meet up with Chase. Um, yeah, we talked about wishes. that a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, too. So, but, yeah. but you, know, I, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've got some assassin I can bring. I'm like, cool. I'd love to try it just to see what all the hype is about. But I'm not like it's not worth $40, $60, $100, right. whatever the secondary market is. Because beer's beer. It's like there's enough that are close enough that I'm okay. You know how like Utopias is like the white whale for the show, but right, I, yes. But I've but, had but it, if I've had, had it, it, right. Uh, Assassin is the that's the last my, one you it's have. The last one. Okay. Well, it's, it's my last. Look at the whales for wishes next year. Uh, you yep. know, Like, well, let's let's like, do it. You, you tell. Hi Chase, I hope you're listening. <laughs> you tell Liz there are no plans. Did I that did I, weekend? Did I tell you you got us a bottle of whatever Toppling Goliath like peach brandy beer? Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, so I so. love peach brandy. At rate, yeah. There you go. All right. So, anyways, it's time for our tap. That it's pretty simple. Out of the beers that we had on the show, what do we want to put on our kegerator at home? Um, for me, uh, even though for some reason you've got me checked off as buying two beers, uh, I definitely didn't buy that Oxbow. Um, show two. Josh has been drinking. Right, Josh has been drinking. Um, the only beer that I bought, but also at the same time, I, an absolutely fantastic beer. That Zillicoa Fest beer. Uh, I was super excited. Thank you for bringing that four pack down. Um, there's your cash, and uh, I am I'm looking forward to. I I'm gonna hand one of these cans off to a buddy. Um, but I'm absolutely gonna enjoy the other three. Super excited. Very well, nice. Uh, my brain says that revolution all these years coffee because I like the coffee variant better than I do the base variant. Right. And it is how, a really great revolution beer. How It comes in a weird bottle. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> um, resident culture. He's so... like we, culture. We've yeah, got right. Stockholm Syndrome at this point, right? However... Uh, when it comes to just sheer volume of things that I have purchased at the house, it's the Lupolo. Like it's, it's not close. Like what? What is the one beer that I want on tap in my home kegerator? I could drink that multiple times every single day. It is fucking delicious. Josh, please. 
talk. Oregano and assholes. Oh, God. It's going to be so weird to have oregano and assholes and everything else and burnt rubber, but I want to try it on keg. What? Yep. You Math. are. Really? You're rolling with that Aslan? Yep. I'm Aslan. I, I ain't Aslan. I, I don't know what it is about it, but yes, it is like this weird, I hate you, but you want to love me beer. It has beaten me into submission so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put it on that. Did wink at you? It did a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Jeff, we're at the end of the show where we at? Come Old check us out on the internet. Go to crapbeercast.com. If we haven't uh, offended you by now and turned you completely away, go to crapbeercast.com. Maybe even tell a friend. Check us out. We've got old episodes. Don't really listen to. Yeah, don't go back to. Don't far. listen to any of them too. Like from the beginning, it honestly isn't worth it. Just go back like the maybe last last like thirty. Maybe just this year. Maybe last year, if you want. I mean, like, but but like the. I mean, if you want to, if you really do want to see how we handled COVID, I do recommend going through the few COVID shows. God, those were boring. They were, but you're wrong. I mean, it's kind of fun to see how we. Is it? So sometimes there's something I have this weird obsession. I'm sorry, this weird obsession with listening to podcasts and seeing how they did the COVID thing. I don't know why. I guess this is my, I'm finally kind of getting over the thought of COVID in my head. Sure. And so I've been going back and listening to, even I don't ever listen to our shows. I've listened to those. On purpose? For some reason. Yes. You okay? No. Sure you don't have COVID? Have I you taken age. a test? <laughs> it's very possible. Anyways. What are you? Oh, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're Keep fine. going. Um, End of the show. Something, Where something at CBcast on the Twitters. Wells, where are they going to find you? At all the wells on the Insta Twits. Josh, where are you? You can find me at Josh CBC. Don't forget to rate and review us. Don't forget about our subreddit slash r slash crappiercast, patreon.com slash crappiercast, and we will talk to you guys next Thursday.